All right, my people, this is your man, El Jamal, and I'm back for a Saturday edition of Never Out of Bounds. Uh, we only have a few things to talk about today, uh, just a little uh, word on the street and some uh, sports news, but uh, let's get right into it. Uh, the main story coming out of Tallahassee, Florida, is a gunman A gunman uh, went into a, a, yoga stay, a yoga studio yesterday around 5.47 p.m. and opened fire on about six people in total. He killed two, and uh, the rest were sent to the uh, the hospital and left in stable co uh, condition. Uh, the man was about 40 years old, and his name was Scott Paul uh, Baranek, and uh, he would eventually shoot himself at the scene. Uh, the two victims that died were Nancy Van Vessem, who was age 61, and also we have uh, Mara Brinkley. Uh, there were six victims in total, like I said. Uh, most of them were shot. However, two others were pistol whipped. Uh, three witnesses were later released from the hospital. Uh, again, this is just continuing the trend of violence. And we also heard about all the packages that are being found. It's a, a very, very cautious time to be alive right now. I just would suggest everybody keep their uh, bearings together. Uh, keep your awareness up. Uh, if anything's out of line that you're not you know, familiar with, call whatever authorities. I know people might call that being snitch. It could be the that of your life, so think about it. If you and if you are just so happen to you know be capable of handling yourself, handling yourself, I guess you know I don't you know promote just being a coward or anything like that. But uh, this is a very um, very serious time we're living in right now. There is some violence, so just just as a heads up to my people, keep your head up, keep your head up, guys. Uh, moving right along, uh, like I said, not a whole lot of stuff to cover cover today, uh, but uh, we got some college football to go over real quick. And the official uh, college football playoff rankings were released. Now, for those of you who might not be um, official college football fans or understand exactly what's going on, uh, of course you have your conference standings, uh, basically the rankings of each conference, each team in the conference. Then you have your uh, your real top 25 uh, rankings, uh, which they you know basically pick the top 25 best teams in the country. They rank those teams. You hear a lot about that throughout the course of the season, uh, like around week eight, week nine, uh, like I've been uh, talking about before, the college football playoff, uh, that becomes a big thing. This is what uh, the four best teams in the in the in the, in the you know in the country uh, they play in this playoff every year, and that determines the eventual champion. Uh, there has been drama. There has been talk about pushing this to six, maybe even eight teams. But for now, we have four. And so let's go over those top four. And mind you, this top four is not too much different than the top twenty-five that I've been talking about the last few weeks. So uh, mind you, uh, don't worry too much. There is always some drama, and we're going to talk about some outside teams looking in as well, too. So let's get to that top four, though. Uh, number one, we have Alabama, undefeated in the nation. Uh, they have the top Heisman prospect, in my opinion, Tua Tagovailoa, also the best coach in the nation, Nick Saban. Uh, they've been at number one since the beginning of the season, and uh, pretty much, like I said, the, the top 25 rankings just convert themselves into playoff rankings. Again, this only going to be the top four teams uh, for now. This only, you know, at least for this year, we don't know what's going to happen in the subsequent years. I would hope that they expand this thing, but again, they're just doing the top four. So, uh, number two, we have Clemson, also undefeated as well. They are currently leading the ACC conference by leaps and bounds, although that conference isn't that good this year. Uh, that might come back to haunt their, you know, their final placement, but we shall see. 
Uh, at number three, we have LSU. They currently are the only one-loss team here. Uh, they are at 7-1. Uh, they have a good chance to regain. Well, they have a good chance to overtake that number one spot, though they are playing Alabama later on today. And also, finally, we have Notre Dame. They are at number four. Uh, they are also currently undefeated. Uh, not In terms of my eye, personal eye test, I don't think they're the most um, – they're the most profi proficient of all the teams here in the top, uh, the rest of the teams here in the top four. Uh, I think if anybody could take a loss between now and the end of the season, it would definitely be Notre Dame. Uh, but it probably won't be this week, though. But it probably won't be this week. I will say that. Uh, but we're going to talk about a couple teams on the outside looking, at, looking in. Three to be exact. We have um, Georgia, who is currently at number six behind Michigan in the actual rankings. Uh, there is some drama about Michigan, but I will talk about Michigan just real quick and their conference in total. Um, I I know um, one of the one of the guys that I watch a lot when it comes to college football, and one of the guys that I do uh, opinions that I do take seriously is a man by the name of Joe Clatt. He's always um, involved in college football, top college football analyst, and uh, he had a very you know he felt some type of way about Michigan getting kind of the shaft and the Big Ten in general. Um, and my thing about that is. Michigan hasn't, at least in terms of my eye test, they haven't really convinced me. Uh, they had a really tough game against Northwestern in which they could only really win by about a touchdown. Uh, so, and they struggled for about a three quarters in that game. They also lost to Notre Dame as well. Uh, so again, and then their, their conference as a whole uh, doesn't look to be that intimidating. We already talked about Ohio State taking that big, brutal beating uh, to Purdue uh, about 42 to 27 about a week or two ago. Uh, we also got Michigan State who took a couple L's this season. And then you also got Wisconsin who came in here at least number four in the nation at one point in the beginning of the year and took a loss at home to BYU who's not even ranked. So uh, the Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference, uh, of course, they're one of those Power Five conferences. Of course, you know if they're doing great, or you have a undefeated team, or a team with one loss, it makes sense for a you know an analyst to want to say, well, where's their representation? But again, uh, they don't they don't look that great to me. I'm sorry. I I I would say uh UCF a team that hasn't lost in about two years who's beaten uh a team like Auburn from the SEC uh one of the best conferences in college football I would give them a nod over Michigan if they were to play tomorrow that's just me I know a lot of people might think I'm crazy a lot of people might think I'm out there and I would but I would go with that and I would take that pick and I would take UCF beating not just Michigan but I think anybody in the Big Ten except for maybe, maybe Ohio State. Um, you know, that might be, like I said, I, that might be crazy. But again, I just think that's why Michigan is out on the outside looking in right now. Uh, we also got Washington State and Oklahoma as well. Uh, Washington State has probably made the biggest jumps that they've ever made uh, in a college football season. Uh, I have not seen them in uh, the top 10, at least in my lifetime, and to be even, you know, in a position where they're sniffing at a playoff spot at number eight right now is a testament to how far they come as a program. So I'm not too sure if they get to a Final Four spot, uh, but definitely I do believe uh, that if things were to happen, they were to, you know, sh uh, win out, uh, win their conference championship game, uh, depending, on, depending on who takes an L, because we already know at Alabama or LSU are going to take losses today. As a matter of fact, Clemson and Notre Dame play as well, so there's opportunity for them to lose. Uh, Michigan is also playing this week as well, and eventually Michigan will have to play um, Ohio State. Uh, so Washington State, uh, if they're able to keep 
keep their stuff together, they might get a spot. Uh, but again, there's a lot of deserving teams, and I think this is why we need um, to expand the playoff system because I'll be the first person to tell you, I'm not rooting for a Big Ten player because, oh, Big Ten team, because I just want to see us step outside the Power Five. And and I get it, you know, the Power Five conferences, they are they are called that for a reason. Uh, they generate all the revenue. Uh, they seem to win the majority of the championships, although it's usually Alabama by themselves who usually wins because it's just a one-team thing. You know, I don't really believe in conference superiority. I just believe in team superiority. Uh, again, it's not like Alabama wins the championship every year and some other team from their conference wins right after them. It's usually just Alabama. Okay, so again, I don't really necessarily think the SEC is all that. This is why I kind of think, again, we should expand it. So we're not caught up on talking about just conference champions or conference, you know, whose conference is better. Because you'll have these arguments, you'll have people like Joe Clay really feeling some type of way. In reality, I think there's a few more deserving teams that are still out there. Um, with the exception of Alabama and Clemson, I think... Notre Dame and LSU, they should look out for their spots. This is not, they're not, they're not set in stone. Those, at least those two for a fact. And I just think that's the way that college football is. And I, and I think, you know, confining it to just the four best teams, you know, it makes a situation where, you know, and I think we might not see any type of expansion until somebody like a, like a Michigan or LSU gets left out. It, it might have to take one of those guys getting left out for us to maybe expand one day. Um, and we're going to take a quick break, y'all. And when we come back, we're going to finish everything up. Uh, we're going to go over some NFL. I uh, just got a couple of questions, actually three questions to be exact, uh, going into week nine. And then we're going to touch up some, on some uh, basketball, some of last night's basketball scores. And then we have a couple, uh, we have one baseball score uh, story to go over. Uh, Clayton Kershaw looks like he wants to resign with the Dodgers. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. All right, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back, and we're going to get into this NFL real quick. I got three questions going into week nine. Quick questions, and we're going to move on and uh, start with the first one. When will the Giants pull Eli? Now, I ask this because we already know where he's at in his career. I don't think the Giants are going to go anywhere. Well, I know for a fact the Giants are going anywhere this season. They can say what they want. You know, you got some people trying to give, you know, give them some type of hope. No, Washington's defense is good. They just added ha-ha Clinton Dix. It just got better. They're not beating the skins. Dallas, uh, they're middle of the road, but still better than the Giants. And the Eagles, you know, through it all, they might be the ones to win this division. Although I do like D.C.'s defense. I do like D.C. overall. Uh, but again, you know, the Eagles could right the ship. They ha they have the capabilities to right the ship. I think they have the coaching staff. And uh, they're they're balanced on both sides of the ball. So it looks like, you know, I think everybody's favorite is the Eagles. My personal favorite is, is the, uh, the Redskins at the moment. Uh, but again, the Giants are out of it. And we already know, you know, Eli's numbers are looking paltry at best. You know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, the big question is, is it is it now? Is it later? Are they going to wait to the end of the season? But I, it, I, we all know it's time for Eli to be done. The question is, when are they going to finally do it? Uh, question two, who's going to take over at Cleveland? Now, I know they got their, their uh, defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, at the interim spot now. I don't see him as a head coach. Uh, he's one of those, uh, you know, he's definitely a, a solid 
you know, a solid uh, position coach, a solid, you know, coordinator. I don't see him being the head coach. I, I don't see him meshing that well with what uh, Baker Mayfield brings to the table or they're going to want Baker Mayfield to do. He's not going to promote that. Uh, he's going to promote defense, defense, defense. And that's not great for a rookie quarterback. So I don't or a or a, you know, up and coming NFL quarterback. So I don't think he stays there, at least at the head coaching spot. And finally, will the Rams ever lose? I think out of, you know, my realist answer, my realist as a realist, I think they will. I don't think it's this week. I'm not too sure when it is. But they drop, I say, one, maybe two. But at this rate, they might only just drop one, to be honest with you guys. They don't look that bad to me. They look really good. They look like one of those teams that could possibly – I don't think they could go uh, – you know, undefeated officially, officially at least in a regular season, like you know the, the Dolphins or the Patriots. Uh, but they get very close to that point. And again, I only see them losing one game, possibly two, possibly two. All right, moving on from the NFL, uh, we got some NBA action to go. But we're going to talk about the games that were on yesterday, and uh, the Clippers were able to get a good win against the Magic, one twenty to ninety five. The Rockets were able to beat the Nets. 119 to 111. Uh, the Thunder got it done against the Wizards, 134 to 111. Let's break this game down a little bit. Uh, you know, this was a good game uh, from the Thunder. Uh, they're now currently sitting at 4 and 4. The Wizards, they're still falling apart. They haven't had any answers yet. They're at 1 and 7. Uh, just going through the scoring real quick uh, for the Thunder. Power forward Jeremy Grant led the way. Uh, actually, he had the second most points. He had 22 points, four rebounds. Uh, Russell Westbrook actually led the way. He had 23 points, 12 assists. Uh, Paul George also got 17 points as well. Uh, for the Wizards, Dwight Howard, he got 20 points. Bradley Beal led the way with 27. And John Wall got 19 points and nine assists. All right, moving on. We got the Pacers beating the Bulls 107 to uh, 95. The Knicks beating the Mavericks 118 to 108. Uh, we have the Grizz getting an upset here. I think this is an upset. I, I know for a fact the Jazz are a playoff bound team. Uh, the question is what seeding. Uh, but the Grizzlies did a good job here. They got the win 110 to 100. Uh, let's go through these stats here. Uh, the Grizzlies move on to 5 and 2, which is surprising. Uh, the Jazz are at 500 now at 4 and 4. Uh, but speaking of these stats, Mike Conley led the way for the Grizz. He had 28 points, 5 assists. Marcus Saul still doing his thing. The big man had 17 points, 7 assists, also 10 rebounds. And finally, Shelvin Knight got 17 points off the bench for the Grizzlies, so that helped them out a lot. And as far as the Jazz go, Ricky Rubio led the way in terms of scoring with 22 points. He also had 11 rebounds. Uh, you got the power forward, Joe Inglis, with 19 points. And also, Jay Crowder got uh, 18 points coming off the bench. All right. Now, the rest of these scores go as goes as follows. Uh, the Raptors beat the Suns 107 to 98. And uh, Jimmy Butler got some action last night, but it did not help the Timberwolves, who went down to the Warriors uh, 99 to 116.
All right, y'all, we're going to wrap this all up with some MLB news. And Clayton Kershaw has decided to return to the Los Angeles Dodgers. He signed an extension uh, worth uh, 93, uh, $93 million over the next three years. He'll be getting $4 million in total of his census, as well as an increase in pay by $1 million every year. A lot of these incentives, of course, have to do with workload and also performance as well. He is getting to that 30-year-old point uh so this is a significant you know this is significant for him uh the biggest quote that i will take away from him and it makes a lot of sense um i like it i like the i like his uh you know his thinking has, at this moment go, he goes uh, it gives me a chance to prove a lot of people wrong i think this year especially maybe rightfully so there's been a lot of people saying that i'm I'm in decline or that I'm going to not be as good as I once was. I'm looking forward to proving a lot of people wrong with that. And I and I'm I'm down with that. I get where you're coming from. I think a lot of people feel that way. Um I think the biggest thing is I don't think people are necessarily saying that he's fallen off, but more that he's a playoff choker. Uh for example, his career ERA is two thirty nine. And this is in a regular season. Uh, he has a two he had two uh, seventy three ERA last year in the season. He's a seven time all star. But this is the issue his playoff games. He has a four point three two ERA in one hundred and fifty two postseason innings. What that means is he gives up four runs a game every time he starts in the playoff, as opposed to just two, a little bit over two, in his career in the in the regular season. Last year, he gave up 2.73 in the regular season. In the playoffs, he had a career average of 4.32 runs. That's That's a lot. Now, I don't know what that's, you know, run support or not necessarily uh, defense. Uh, if it's more so just, you know, you're just being, you know, wrong pitch count or wrong pitch selection, excuse me. Uh, you know, again, he struggles in the playoffs. That will be his Achilles heel. And unless him and the Dodgers are able to get a World Series, he will forever. Now, I wouldn't, I'm not going to call him as a bust. I won't say that. But he will. He'll miss out on a lot of things, you know, He and, and it's sad because he's probably your best ace that you've seen in a while. His numbers, you don't see numbers like his, at least regular season numbers. You haven't seen the regular numbers like his since the 20s and the 30s. But um, unless he's able to get it done in the playoffs, they won't, history will not be as fun to Clayton Kershaw, just being honest with you. All right, y'all. So we're gonna wrap this up for today. Like I said, we're gonna have a today was gonna be a quick show. Uh, our next episode, we're gonna be going over some college football rankings. Of course, uh, we just released the uh, foot college foot the playoff rankings. Excuse me. So we'll be going more into that, more in depth into those. Of course, we have some games going on today, so we have to talk about the results of that and how that's gonna play off into the new batch of rankings. Uh, we're also gonna be going over some NFL as well. Of course, scores, stats, news, as well as some NBA action as well. And and then, of course, we're going to have the world on the street act as we always do. All right, y'all. This has been your man, El Jamal. And I'm signing off for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. And all right, y'all. Y'all have a good day. All right. Peace out. One love.